Manna or Meatloaf, episode 72, Playing Small. Hello, hello. I can honestly say it is so good to be back this week. So do you remember last week when I told you I was waging a war of sorts? Well, I was. And I learned an awfully lot about myself and maybe a little more about human nature in general. So in my attempt to be honest and completely transparent with my share of weaknesses, insecurities, fears, and doubts, I hope you'll learn, like I did, that playing small does not yield big payouts. Like most people, I'm sure, I share those less-than-perfect spaces with confidence, hope, surety, and strength, depending on the day. But isn't that what the human experience looks like? In a myriad of life's ups and downs, of waxing and waning, I was so caught right in the middle of a serious bout. Of waning. And just for the record, dictionary.com explains that waxing means something is getting bigger, while waning means something is getting smaller. And as I look back at my absence of almost 12 weeks, I can't believe I did that from this podcast, I can pinpoint now the exact process of being poisoned by degrees that shut me down. I started playing small. So let me explain. A few months ago, I was blessed with this amazing opportunity. It was an invitation to be part of a virtual summit with Kurt Frankham, who does Leading Saints and Faith Matters. It was such an honor, but I only had about a week and a half to prepare, and so I already felt a lot of pressure. Well, in all honesty, there's no pretty way to say it. I just feel like I completely and utterly got in the way of the Spirit and missed the mark altogether. Meaning that I spent so much time on my words and thoughts, my presentation, that I actually ended up relying more on the arm of flesh, my arm of flesh, I guess you could say, (laughs) than on the guidance of the Spirit to direct those thoughts. And after the recording was over, when it was all said and done, and I recognized that fact, I felt so deflated, so disappointed in myself. It was so discouraging. So what had happened? I fasted and prayed and prayed and prayed for guidance. And the words, the thoughts, and the direction in the beginning seemed so clear. But then I got in my own head. I let fear leach into my thoughts as I realized how many people access this information. And I also started to recognize the professionalism and the level of expertise of the other presenters in the summit. And that intimidated me. These people had all kinds of letters and degrees at the end of their names, while I had nothing next to my name. So all of these thoughts allowed the uncertainty about my own abilities to gain more and more traction, and gradually my confidence and the faith I had in myself began feeling nervously compressed as my doubts consumed more and more space. Sadly, I just kind of wanted to disappear, hide away, and pretend it hadn't happened at all. And that should have actually been my first clue because we know who encouraged our first parents, Adam and Eve, to run and hide when they felt ashamed. Yeah, I'm not kidding. The adversary already had his dirty little foot in the door with me. I hate to admit it, but when it was time to sit down and put together another episode for this podcast, 
I had allowed these crippling thoughts to fester just long enough to begin convincing me that I was a complete imposter and had absolutely no right or place in the podcast world. I was starting to believe that all the effort and time I was putting in didn't make an ounce of difference to anyone. Looking back now, I should have realized that that thought alone shouldn't have had any bearing on anything. But hindsight is twenty twenty, right? <laughs> but I let that week go by. No one did say a thing. No one reached out like they had in the past if an episode was late with a, hey, I can't find your episode this week. And that gave my brain just the confirmation it needed. I was missing in action and no one cared. So another week went by. Another week of silence. Interestingly enough, a month into my leave of absence, you'd think I'd have found all kinds of new time on my hands, right? But I just filled that time with less meaningful things. I slowly began to feel less and less engaged in all aspects of my life. I was struggling to feel the spirit as regularly, and I couldn't understand why I was feeling so blue. So what does it mean to play small? The Cambridge Dictionary says that to play small is to avoid risks and actions that might cause problems or make you feel uncomfortable, with the result that you might not achieve what you want to achieve. It goes on that playing small means our actions are motivated by our fears, insecurities, and low self-worth. It says, There is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. The more I started learning about playing small, the more I realized that's exactly what I had unintentionally and unknowingly fallen into. It is most times motivated by a state of fear or uncertainty and a need for outside validation, driven by our own insecurities. It is the desire for a state of comfort at the cost of change and progress. It is the acceptance of being okay, but not wanting to rock the boat and strive for being great. John R. Miles, who is a high-performance coach, life and business strategist, said in his blog, Why do we keep playing small? On July 22, 2021, playing small is, quote, existing but not feeling fulfilled. It's dismissing what we want in life to maintain our current zone of security, acceptance, and control. Playing small is living a life full of regrets, because when we play small, we avoid the actions, mindsets, and other shifts we need to achieve, living a life that unleashes our creativity and capabilities, end quote. Unfortunately, I didn't recognize any of the symptoms of playing small until the week of October 11th, and I was studying Come Follow Me in the Doctrine and Covenants in the chapter heading of section 117, verses 10 through 16, and this was in a revelation for Newell K. Whitney. It reads, quote, They are to forsake littleness of soul, and their sacrifices will be sacred unto the Lord, end quote. What the heck? I've never heard anything like that in the scriptures. Littleness of soul? That got my attention. You better believe it. Verse 11 continues, quote, He should be ashamed of all his littleness of soul before me, end quote. And verse 13 drove it home with, quote, And when he falls, he shall rise again, for his sacrifice shall be more sacred unto me than his increase, saith the Lord, end quote. 
Okay, I've never had a problem likening the scriptures unto myself. I just seem to learn more when I place myself in them. But this one, yeah, this one seemed to shake me from my emotional and spiritual slumber like Thor's hammer to the heart. P.S. This is exactly why I always say that when we pray, we speak to God. And when we read the scriptures, God speaks to us. How had I so easily fallen into this trap of feeling so small and insignificant? I had so many things to be grateful for after all. So many reasons to share a bit of happiness with others who needed a smile. But honestly, I was having a hard time keeping a smile on my own face. And all because I had allowed me and my gifts to feel small. Sometimes it's self-inflicted, and other times because of what others might do or say. But regardless, it can be so easy a trap to fall into. There seems to be a bit of a balancing act, too, between stepping into our greatness with confidence and not being filled with pride. After all, how many times were we told as kids that it wasn't nice to brag or taught as an adult about the virtue of humility? How many times have you been asked about what you do and you minimize your contribution. I absolutely loved reading a little snippet from Melanie White's website called In Drew's Shoes. She said in a post titled, Signs You're Playing Small and How to Stop, quote, No one's going to search for your fairy dust. Either you sprinkle it on them, or they'll find someone else who will. You've got to tell everybody what you do. Now, I'm not saying be a sleazy salesman, but you have to be true to who you are and let people know your superpower, end quote. Isn't that awesome? Oh my gosh, I just loved that. So let's pop for a second back into my personal example. I was into my second month of wearing a cloak of invisibility, but now I knew the Lord knew I knew it. And I was asked to speak at a special priesthood session for our stake on the same presentation I gave during the virtual summit, the one I felt I had bombed a month earlier. This time I felt like I was giving a redo and I was grateful. I knew I had to do better with this attempt. I was the only sister in the full chapel and overflow, but it went well. This time I came with the lesson I'd learned before. This time I would let the Holy Spirit guide. And in the end, I did feel good about my preparation and even better about my ability to just get out of the way and let myself be simply the tool, the messenger, so to speak. And I felt the Lord's acceptance of my presentation. Then I went home, and despite that positive, wonderful experience and the reminder of how wonderful and truly enlightening it felt to have the Spirit work with you, I easily picked up right where I left off. Because you see, even though I could see the error of my ways, I had also realized after that second presentation was over just how much more comfortable it was to let your gifts reside quietly in your own heart, nice and safe where no one could judge them or you. I was becoming the epitome of the psychologist Abraham Maslow's Jonah complex, what he called, quote, the evasion of one's own growth, the setting of low levels of aspiration, the fear of doing what one is capable of doing, a voluntary self-crippling, end quote. Oh, that's not pretty, is it? I could see that I wasn't progressing in this self-appointed timeout. I could see that I wasn't actively participating in self-improvement. And although I wasn't doing anything wrong, per se, I certainly wasn't intentionally doing anything that I felt was really right on a daily, consistent basis. 
oh, I was living my life. I was working, keeping house and going through the motions. But sadly, that's exactly how I felt that I was going through the motions. So I started very cautiously telling a few friends selectively and hesitantly that I was probably going to get back into the podcast saddle eventually. And then I found a quote by author Marianne Williamson that consequently has been misquoted for decades, and it was always attributed to Nelson Mandela. But she said in her book, Return to Love, published in 1992, quote, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. But our playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. End quote. That felt like another shot, similar to what I'd expect a cattle prod feels like to a sleepy old cow. And then the final kick to the fanny came several weeks later when I was browsing through the Goodreads website looking for another good book that I could find on Audible or Deseret Bookshelf and listen to while I was doing my dishes or driving. I came across this little book called The Peter Potential by Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. Now, these two are some of my favorite Come Follow Me YouTubers and podcasters. So when I found this book, I was very interested, especially in the book's subtitle, which is Discover the Life You Were Meant to Live. Oh my gosh, what a great book this is. I can't recommend it enough. Besides the powerful moral of the story, the part I loved most and the part that resonated best with me was, quote, there is a spark of greatness in you just waiting to be ignited. Your possibilities span the universe. You have within you the potential to become someone remarkable. You were not sent to this earth to play small, to shrink, to fail. You were destined to make a difference. You were made for amazing things, end quote. I felt like that spark was beginning to be reignited in me. I felt like yelling up to the heavens, okay, okay, I get it. I'll get busy again. Now, let me clarify. I know my work with these episodes may have begun for my children and posterity as a way to record for them the beliefs and lessons that I want them to remember from me. But this work has become so much more. As I look back with perfect hindsight now, almost 12 weeks after my break, I can see just how clearly they are for me. I am blessed when I focus on my progress, growth, and improvement when I make it a priority. I also know that I can't truly progress, grow, or improve without the help of the Lord, because, again, I always tend to get in my own way. I will always need to repent, and His grace makes it possible for me to get up again and keep trying. In Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf's General Conference address, Your Potential, Your Privileges, he said, quote, If you feel small and weak, please simply come unto Christ who makes weak things strong, end quote. And I think the problem is that too often we're guilty of not only playing too small, but thinking too small, believing too small, praying too small, and overall living too small. These self-imposed limitations can keep God from doing His work in and through us and can keep us from living the lives and potential that we were foreordained to realize. So as I launch myself back into this podcast arena that I may not have any right or place in, I do so knowing that that doesn't matter. 
If I involve God in the process, as Elder Carlos A. Godoy suggested, and make God the center of my focus, like I mentioned last week, I truly believe that everything else will fall into place, that I will be blessed with the confidence to stand and take my place in the work I feel called to do, and be blessed with the ability to develop the skills I need to continue to improve. I believe that he will make way more of me and my minimal efforts than I could ever do alone, and I know he'll do the same for you. I found this wonderful article in Psychology Today by Greg Lavoie, and it's called Why We Play Small, The Role of Resistance in Following Our Callings. It's kind of a long quote, but I simply can't leave it out because of how perfectly it illustrates exactly what I mean here. Lavoie states, quote, Everybody, to some extent, backs away from their authenticity, settles for less, and hobbles their own power. Everybody occasionally ignores the promptings of the soul and then the discontent that ensues, trying to distract themselves by counting their blessings, all the reasons they should be happy with their lot in life, content with things as they are, things that may have once been be-alls and end-alls but lost their intoxication after five years, put them on automatic pilot after 10, and became a prison after 15. There's a reason the mythologist Joseph Campbell identified the first two stages of the hero's journey as one, receiving the call, and two, refusing it. A calling may also make you wonder if you're good enough, smart enough, disciplined enough, educated enough, patient enough, and inspired enough. And you're especially likely to question yourself if you believe your calls have been sent directly from God, because then the pressure mounts. If you're afraid of failing, you're afraid of failing not just in your own eyes, but also in God's. Historically, the reaction typically elicited in those who were chosen for a divine calling wasn't pride and shouts of hurrah, but fear and humility. If a path feels safe, it's probably not the right path, but if it scares you, it probably is, and the degree of resistance you have is probably proportionate to the amount of power waiting to be unleashed once the no breaks through a yes and the call is followed." End quote. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I so loved that. Was it just me that that resonated with? Oh my gosh. Of course, the trick now is remembering those lessons that I've learned over the past few months. I don't want to play small anymore. I'm afraid if I play small, I'll stay small. And I didn't like that one bit. It doesn't feel good. I need to stop listening to that inner critic and go forward with renewed determination to live big. Will you join me? Ask yourself the following questions. Is there something you feel called to do? Write a book, perhaps? Maybe start a nonprofit? Is there a difference only you can make? Or can you at least help contribute and give time to a cause that's important to you? If you didn't care one ounce about what anyone thought, what would you dare to try? to learn or to become? Are you living confined by the walls of what someone said or did that made you feel small? Can you learn to retrain your brain to a new vision of the life you want to and are capable of living? Okay, you guys all know by now that I'm a huge Jody Moore fan. She's been my life coach of over two years now, and her book, Better Than Happy, it will change your life, I'm just saying. But in her podcast episode, 290, Why You Should Brag More, she said, quote, I think you should start letting yourself show up in all of your glory. 
Some people might be irritated, I won't lie, but I won't be one of them. I love to be around someone that embraces themselves. It's so inspiring. It's so energizing, end quote. And that's exactly what I want to be today and every day. That person that embraces herself, who makes no apology for being great at being her, who rises up, shakes off the cocoon that's felt so small, and spreads her wings into the face of her big, big future. Today, I want to stop shrinking in order to be digestible. Without sounding uncaring, others may have to choke if they must. I also refuse to shut myself down again with the lie that being less than is somehow a better alternative than harnessing my greatness and sharing it with the world. Joseph Campbell, an American professor of literature, said it best when he said, quote, The privilege of a lifetime is being who you are, end quote. And I believe that. I know that we were created by our Father in Heaven for greatness, kingdoms, principalities, glory. And that, my friends, is no small task. <laughs> Have a wonderful week of living big. Let's do it.